Hey there, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of To Dare Is Human. I'm your host, Adam Connor. And for those of you who are new, this is a podcast which is all about leaps of faith or measured jumps into new ventures and into passions, and overall talking about that journey to success. You can think about it as how I built this if you listen to that, except the folks I talk to here aren't gajillionaires or tech moguls, at least not yet. We are talking about the start of those journeys, the dare, appropriately named. And today I'll be talking with somebody who I followed from the very beginning of their journey in social media, Sarah Hopkins, and I'm proud to feature her as the second installment of Wonder Women. Again, this is a series that will be taking place over the next roughly eight weeks, well I suppose seven now, detailing fantastic females and the dares they make. Sarah made her way, as many have recently, through Vine, the recently deactivated social media network on which she amassed over 1 million followers with her six-second video clips, building not only a personal brand, but a professional one as well. Since then, she's continued to build out her networks and have amassed followers of nearly another 500,000 people. It's an amazing story to watch and something that I've had the pleasure of watching from the very beginning. Before moving on, if you like what you hear here, other than subscribing to the show, which I hope you do, it's the best way to catch the content as soon as it's released, if you head over to iTunes, please leave a rating and a review of the show. Just tell me what you think. Some of the best feedback that I've received has come from that, and granted, a lot of it's been positive, and sometimes I've received constructive criticism as well. As a matter of fact, I just got an email today from a listener that had a little bit of both, albeit in jest. First saying, it's great to hear you specifically on this podcast. I've known this person for a little while, but saying that it's a great medium for me to be on, which I love that. Compliments are great, whether public or private. And then also had a little bit of constructive criticism when it came to my website, todarishuman.com. I'm no webmaster, and I'm always open to improvement, whether online or on the show or elsewhere. So that kind of stuff is equally valuable, I'm telling you. Leave a review. Shoot me a note across any of my social media networks or send me an email, hello at todareishuman.com. But hey, you are not here to listen to me go on and on. We'll save those for the Monday minisodes. For now, let's go to one of the very first people that I followed on Vine and on social media in general. This is Sarah Hopkins. Okay, so I'm here with Sarah Hopkins, social media star, following, grown over the years to well over a million followers. I'm so glad to have her here. Uh, she was one of the first people that I reached out to about this show and was so glad to have brought her to you, the listeners. Uh, and before I gush on and on, Sarah, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm very, very good. Uh, thanks again for jumping on here. It's been awesome to to watch you grow and watch the content grow. And it's just been amazing, you know, and even with even with Vine's decline, starting there, I mean, that's where I first encountered your content. I'm sure a lot of people, that's where they started. Mm -hmm. But now I've become a frequent follower across platforms. Uh, and it's so cool to see you develop uh, sort of a, a substantially successful career in that medium. A couple of years ago, you know, this wasn't even something that people were talking about. But it's something that you seemed to grasp very, very quickly. And so uh, the story, that story in itself, that chapter, very, very impressive, but, um, and listeners will know this, we always cr uh, crank back the clock a little bit, because obviously social media isn't where you thought you would 
end up, I'm sure, being right. a, a star with you know over a million followers. That would be that would be wild. Instead, uh, let's turn the clocks back to what you were studying up to do, which was to be in the news. Something that you uh, ended up going into straight out of school. Oh, absolutely. I so I graduated college. We can, we can go back even one step further. I graduated college, and then four days later, after my graduation, I had an interview with what would become my job, and I ended up working there for two years. But after the first year of being a news reporter, um, that's when my social media really started to build and grow. And I would come home after work and do social media stuff. But yeah, I totally thought I was going to, of course, follow the natural progression of what people do when they go into local news, which is not necessarily like the Oprah route because she pretty much, you know, launched to the top. But uh, normally people (laughs) start out in a small market and start as a reporter with the worst hours and the worst, you know, time and time of day and they're working in the middle of the night and stuff like that. And then they make their way up to a medium sized market or a, or a higher position, maybe laterally kind of, but better pay. I thought I was just going to work my way around and then hopefully still end up in the Southeast somewhere, maybe Chattanooga or Birmingham or something like that. So I thought, you know, this is, this is life. And I was doing social media for fun. Yeah, talk about that a little bit because I guess you, you go home from – I know you, you said afternoon or, or evening or whatever, but you must have had, as you mentioned, pretty terrible hours sometimes. So just basically whenever you weren't on the clock, you were, I guess, on your phone or something. And how did you – I mean, how did you start that off? You just sat there and said, oh, I think I'll record this little video or something. I think it's funny. I mean, obviously you have a sense of humor, but like it must be – must have been – really, really hard at first being like, okay, what are people going to react to that people like? Well, I just honestly did it for myself because I didn't think, you know, nobody's watching, so why not? Uh, But I first downloaded Vine is where it all started. Um, Excuse me. I downloaded Vine while I was still in college, right in my last, end of my last semester. And then when I would, when I was doing my internship in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which I loved, I was really into it, having the best time. And I would go back from my internship where I worked, you know, a full full day and then do vine i would make vine or like just go watch vines and i got to actually do an entire story while i was in my internship that aired uh about vine and i was obviously zero i was nothing i had like 500 to 600 followers but i interviewed somebody who was big in the area and i was like you're so cool this is the f- most fun thing ever and so i just kept doing it and everything kind of snowballed and steamrolled and then i was moving to my first job after my internship and it just continued to grow after that. And I would just, well, especially because I was eight hours away from anyone and anything that I knew that I was kind of like too tired to go out and explore. And I could just like go on my phone and entertain myself um, by making really silly videos that made me laugh. And I had my dog and he's a superstar when it comes to like being photog- photogenic. Uh, he's fantastic. And it just started from me entertaining myself. And then subsequently that apparently entertained others, which is the best thing. Yeah, to say the least. And yeah, quick, quick shout out to Chico. Followers of the show who are also followers of Sarah will know that uh, Chico has come into his own really as a social media (laughs) figure. Uh, uh, Definitely photogenic, definitely the center of attention a lot. Now, um, let's also uh, talk about those first days in your content creation, of course, you know, you're out of everything that you know. It's basically the only thing that's going to keep you entertained. And from there, of course, the following built. But 
How did you also rely on like other resources, maybe in the Vine community or maybe through that person that you interviewed when you were in Tennessee? But like, what was the moment for you where you just, and maybe it was something you created that just happened to go viral, but like, what, what was the moment for you that like, whoa, like not only is this me entertaining myself, me and Chico here, but like people really like this and like people really, really like it. Like this is something that could be a real opportunity uh, for, for a career, for something that could be a nice side hustle at first and then blossom into something more. Well, that didn't happen until way, way later. I probably had well over, you know, 500,000 followers on Vine before I thought of anything of it because I was like, oh, this is cool. This is a hobby, but, you know, not viable um, as, you know, a source of income. It wasn't until, and I had been getting contacted just like as you do in the Vine community when it first started, all these dating apps like Badoo. And oh, yeah. like I remember Badoo was like the, <laughs> the one. Everybody was doing it. Oh my, it was the worst. So they reached out to me and I was like, no. Mm-mm. And it wasn't until Tic Tac. Uh, I got an offer from Tic Tac. I was like, what? Tic Tac knows who I am? And it just <laughs> kind of, that was the moment I was like, this is crazy. But even still, it was just kind of, um, I don't want to say petty cash. What's what's the better term for that? I don't, it was like a little little spending money on the side that I yeah, was, a little side hustle money. Yeah, a little side hustle. Yeah. So, but in no way did I think that it would ever replace, much less quadruple what I was making in the news, which isn't much. So when I say quadruple, I'm it's not like a I'm not making millions. I swear, <laughs> but um, uh, it it was that probably the the tic tac moment was really where I was like, whoa, this is cool, but. At that point, and it gets kind of convoluted here, I was working – I told my news director that I was doing a few of these side deals, little side cash, because I wanted to be up front and, like, let them know and make sure they were okay with it. And he was fine. He was like, yeah, a ton of reporters have second jobs because we don't pay well at all. So uh, he was okay with it until I went on an interview with NPR Marketplace, and things kind of unraveled from there. <laughs> How so? Like they did, they, they, it was just attention or they thought it would take away time from, from, from your responsibilities with them? No, I got blasted on several, like four or five newsroom gossip blogs or gossip websites, which only people that work in newsrooms read. And so, of course, they were like, ooh, the pimping reporter, where's her journalistic integrity? Blah, 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 blah. And it, they just ripped me a new one. And uh, so that's when I got called in by HR. They're like, okay, we know that we said you could do it. And so we're not going to obviously fire you. We don't want to fire you, but you kind of need to decide. And so at first, and after probably 100 phone calls between my parents, I don't know what to do. I said, of course, I will stop doing these social media things. This is my job. This is what I went to school for. My degree is for this. And this is, you know, more promising than any like fun stuff that's on the internet or on my phone. So I went ahead and turned down a bunch of deals. I kept turning them down and turning them down until this one deal was presented to me. And I was like, oh, wow, I really can't turn this down. Um, And it was an extended contract. So it was like six to nine months long. I can't remember, which is something I had never come in contact with before because it'd be like post one video, get paid this much, not much at all. But this was an extended, you know, multiple video, multiple month contract that was twice my annual salary so I was like well I think my decision is kind of clear I was like (laughs) big guns upstairs is telling me something because I've been praying and praying about I didn't know what to do and I finally told them I was like 
okay. And I got my mom to help me draft up a, a two weeks notice letter and everything else. And I gave it to him in the morning. And then I went out to do my story for the day. And when I came back, they sat me down and they're like, wait, we will make a position for you to stay, but you'll be moved over to the marketing side and not be in the news portion, but we want to still give you a job. So I was like, well, this is amazing. That's when you had them. That's when you knew you had them by whatever you wanted. Uh, I mean, I was like, oh, nice. They really like me. So they made a position where I was technically a host. So I would host little segments that I had to also sell in, and I hate sales. So it was also, I had made friends with people that live there, other anchors and things, and they'd become like my best friends. So I didn't want to just like leave because I loved having a little community that I had created over the year and a half that I had done all that. And so I stayed and stayed until eventually I was like, maybe I could do this part-time because I'm starting to get some more offers that are taking me out of the country or taking me, you know, I'm flying to New York once or twice a month and it's just, it doesn't make any sense. So I uh, went to part-time and then slowly, slowly kind of fizzled out. So it was very amicable. I was really happy. I love, I still love the people at the station I worked at. It's WWAY. Yeah, I know that you had, uh, you had several videos that you put up with people who were around the newsroom and still people that you, you know, you have around the house or, or, or did you go and visit today? And it's very clear that it's still part of your family. So that's nice to hear. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, but it wasn't ever an easy decision. It was like, a gut-wrenching, just crying in the middle of the day, like, I don't know what I'm doing, kind of, do I want to remove this safety net and really take off on this, or do I want to keep going on something I know I can do, but it's not, like, it doesn't offer many opportunities, and it's a slow, 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 arduous, um, a lot of times not fun at all process, or I said, I could do this crazy fun thing that I do for free anyway and get paid for it, so. Not a bad deal. You know, it's not a bad deal, but I was, me and my little, what's the word? I'm realistic or cautious. What's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know. But I Googled into scary movies. I'm the kind of person, I like to know what happens, and I don't (laughs) like the uncertainty. So when I decided to fully just like, you know, Jesus take the wheel, I moved to Atlanta because I was connecting there all the time, and I'm from Georgia. So, and now here I am, and I've been here for about a year and a half. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a wild ride, and uh, I think that gets a lot of folks, whether it be in social media or elsewhere, they see this wild new opportunity, and uh, perhaps the word, or at least the word that I always think of is, you know, being risk averse is always going to get in the way, thinking about the potential downside, oh my God, I'm walking away from this, uh, this, this sure bet. And right. I'm sure that, you know, at the news station, plenty of folks, I mean, it's the reason they made the job for you, to say, <laughs> we want you to stay, we want you to do this. Were there any examples of people, and I'm guessing there might have been, but curious, was there anybody at the news station who said, like, Sarah, actually, no, this is a great thing, and, like, honestly, you should you should just go for it? Well, I think a lot of people didn't understand the, the impact that I was in the thick, or that social media was having at the time, especially just in marketing and advertising in general, and the, they didn't understand the opportunities that would be presented to me and I, because I'm not going to go around saying things because that would just be, you know, the worst person in the office. Sure. And I'm not going to talk about my followers or anything because that's just annoying. So they didn't, I don't think they understand, understood the weight of the situation and that it was actually 
something that could really, except for my one best friend, he, he was under, he understood, he knew what was going on, but everybody else was like, this girl's crazy. She's trying to be an internet girl and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. The murky, the murky world of internet fame at the time that no one (laughs) knew about. And certainly wild, wild west, you know? Yeah. As part of that wild, wild west, you're talking about doing that, that first, that first video with Tic Tac and then you get the extended deals. But at the end of the day, assuming that this was still Vine that we're talking about and, other, and not other platforms, it's still boiling down like all this content that people were going to pay you like decent sums like per second, basically, for this very small film. How long How long did it take you on average to like put this together? Because like it's, I would think, a lot of the time, not just a one-shot deal. Oh, almost never. It takes, especially now, because everything is more longer form uh, on Instagram videos, YouTube, Twitter videos, things like that. It takes... A- it takes hours. It takes a solid day if you include the editing and everything else that goes into it. Uh, and depending on how many locations you have to do, it's like, you know, it's a whole thing. Mm. But it ended up uh, it ended up being well worth it. And now you have branched out to a number of different social media platforms, picking up followers along the way, never really losing any of that traction or appeal. Though, uh, you know, as, as many folks who follow social media know, uh, when Vine was discontinued, you, you were forced to adapt and to move elsewhere. And so you've picked up things like you've gotten really active into, into Twitter. Instagram, I know you were really active there. And now that's where you have a ton, a ton of followers, uh, you know, you have the YouTube side. Talk a little bit about uh, having to translate the success and the content across platforms because you were spending hours, you know, to do these uh, campaigns. And at the end of the day, it really boils down to a very small product that once things were becoming longer form, um, how were you able to to adapt to that? I would imagine that longer form pieces were more of your niche and specialty because you were working for a news company that was not doing six second news segments. Right. <laughs> so uh, how did you, how were you able to navigate across platforms and keep the success? Well, I was actually cross promoting myself while I was on the rise and while Vine was just blowing up and continuing with its popularity. I was always saying, you know, check out my Instagram because people would be like, why didn't you post on Vine today? And I was like, it's okay. It's cool. Just go to my Instagram, follow there. And so it, Really, I didn't expect it or try to think about the outcome that this would result in. It'd be like a cross-platform brand that I was building myself. I had no idea about that. I definitely was not even thinking in those terms. But while I was building Vine, I was also building Snapchat and Instagram. And I just had fun with it, to be totally honest with you. And it, it made it more fun to me that I could switch over to different things that had different because every social media platform has basically its own language. So you have to post in a certain way and things have to be produced in a certain way or else people will be kind of disconcerted with it. It's a little off-putting if you try to do one thing on a different platform. It's it's weird. So it's, it's a whole thing and I just I loved it so much, but definitely moving towards the longer form, I enjoy it more because I don't have to speed up my voice or which I used to do or kind of cut out things that I really wanted to do. And I can really get a couple points across rather than just one quick joke, you know? And so I like it a lot. It does take more work, but I I enjoy editing and I enjoy shooting stuff. So I like it. Do you have a favorite platform to, to host these things on? Or I would assume like maybe, maybe something like a, a multi-segment like Snapchat might be, because that's like really the new, I would say that's the new budding thing out there. 
Oh, yes. Well, Snapchat and Instagram stories, they're really butting heads, actually. Uh, yeah. But yeah. they are both kind of an in-the-moment type deal. So those are my favorite because it's like, let's go behind the scenes and experience this with me. It doesn't have to be scripted or hyper-edited or anything like that, at least for what I do for Snapchat. Some people are Snapchat artists and they literally spend hours drawing a Snapchat yeah. art piece. So, but that's, but what I do on Snapchat more like day in the life stuff in an inter entertaining way, I hope. Sure. <laughs> but, um, it's just kind of short snippets as well as Instagram stories. It's kind of the same thing, but Instagram videos, those are more edited, scripted and thought out as well as Twitter videos and stuff like that. So I don't know which one is my favorite. I would say probably, well, it always also depends on the campaign and what the company or my is trying to get across to people as far as, if you're talking about like advertising goes, but if you're just talking about regular content creation, I think I like Snapchat the best because it's just like, you know, talking to friends. You don't have to, you know, make sure your hair's perfect before you do it because you know that the comments will be like, oh my gosh, you look like a man. I don't know. You know, <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. So right. I, I do like Snapchat a lot. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I I think that's I think that's a good observation. Sort of the the facade of like this oh fantastical world where I'm you know perfectly well done up all the time and like right. you know isn't this life so perfect? It allows you to sort of break through that a little bit, peel the onion back, and see like okay this this is really who I am when I'm just chilling watching the people clean the windows. Like this right. <laughs> this is most of my day. <laughs> no, it but gives like, you depth. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really rounds the character out. Um. I uh, I think I have well I have a couple more questions I think I know the answer to this next one but uh, what's been the most impactful part of your life as a result of this new path getting into social media? Oh, you, you think you know the answer? I think I might know the answer, <laughs> but you know maybe there's some followers on the show who aren't like you know paying attention. Um, I would have to say it's my fiance. That mm, think yep that's uh, tough decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Uh, we worked yeah. together on a campaign for Dick Sporting Goods, actually. And he was so difficult to work with. He was kind of the worst. And <laughs> because he was not like letting up, I was like, I have to be at this wedding reception. Can I get 35 more minutes to submit this video to you? No, need it now. He was so harsh, but everything worked out for the best, I say. <laughs> Because now I would, we're gonna get married. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's a pretty that's a pretty good ending, you know, in the story. Um, and uh, I, might I also just input here that it was great watching him get uh, like totally slimed there over the Super Bowl. Oh, wasn't that fun? That <laughs> was pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. If, uh, do you think he, did he enjoy that? Do you think? I mean, I had to do it too because we didn't know what people were gonna vote for the most. Fair enough. <laughs> so, oh, that's a little behind the scenes secret. But Ooh, I, I don't Breaking think news. he enjoyed it because it was super cold. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a uh, price you got to pay, I guess, to, uh, to to make it these days, to be a star. Yeah, um, dress like a taco. You want to be a star, don't you? That, that's <laughs> Come on, Robbie, get in the taco suit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I, uh, I, I have two more, two more questions uh, for you here, Sarah. And one, the first talks about uh, pushing somebody over the edge in a good way. Okay. And the second one is sort of shameless self-plugging. But I'll start with the first. Say that there is somebody out there, you know, whether they're working in news, whether they're working in 
I don't know, the fashion industry. They're, they're, they're blogging, they're vlogging, they're maybe doing what I do, and they have a nine-to-five sales job, which is something that I, that I know you mentioned you didn't like, but selling yourself, I think, is just, <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know, that's, that's, always, that's always a struggle. But mm-hmm. people who are involved in that, but they have maybe a side hustle. They, they know there's, they're, they're in a market that they think that there's demand for. There are people that are, you know, interacting with their content, loving what they do. People pushing them on the side saying like, come on, you just do it. They're like, eh, I don't know. They're risk averse, like you were saying. They're worried about the downside and they don't want to give up that sure bet. Right. Based on what you have learned, uh, I guess, over these years and the people whom you've interacted with, what would you tell that person to just push them over the edge and inspire them to just go? I would say be passionate about things that you love and express that to others. And that's what people will latch on to. People love to watch somebody else do what they're passionate about. Even if they aren't as passionate about themselves, seeing someone else have joy in doing something is so addicting. It's just very – it draws you in and it will make you stay because you can just watch someone have a great time or do something they love – and just be good at it sometimes. But I mean, even if they're not fantastic at it, just watching them do it and do it with everything they have, it's really, really good. But I would say make sure you have a a good plan. You have to make a plan for yourself because I would say a lot of people that are doing what I'm doing are fresh out of high school or still in high school. And so they don't have the, the knowledge of the industry or things like that. So educate yourself. Really, really be a student of what you're trying to do and like focus on also what other people are doing and not try to copy them necessarily, but see how it works for them and take note of why it works for them and then make your own thing and really, really use that to express yourself and people will watch. Passion and individual expression. You heard it here first, guys. Contagious, attractive. Uh, That's what it takes. And like Sarah said, you know, even if you're, as long as you're trying, as long as you're doing something that you're happy about and people can see that, uh, it truly is infectious, as was uh, the case, uh, as we've discovered right here and, and as we see time and time again. The second uh, and final question I have for you, and in the sheer impossibility that somebody doesn't know who you are, who also is involved with social media, how can they interact with you? They can interact with me by finding me at Sayhop on basically everything actually it's s-a-y-h-o-p because i'm from the south and people call me sabra and my last name is hopkins so it's just say hop well if you'd like to interact with sabra's content (laughs) go check her out across those platforms uh you will absolutely not be disappointed i've been following her for a long long time and you definitely should as well massively successful social media star uh sarah hopkins thank you so much for chatting with me a little bit here it was it was great 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 talking with you Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. As mentioned in the interview, you can find Sarah at SayHop, S-A-Y-H-O-P, across all of her social media platforms where you can access her content. She's always posting new things. I'm subscribed everywhere and you should too. Some really great stuff. Sarah, thanks so much again for coming on the show. Really was a pleasure and I hope to connect with you again soon. To enjoy To Dare as Human as soon as it is released, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned towards the beginning of this show, the best way to grow is through your feedback. So leave me a rating and review on iTunes or 
comment on something that I post across social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Human, or as the person who I mentioned at the beginning of this show did, shoot me an email if you like. Hello at todareishuman.com. Regardless of the medium, the message is very much appreciated. All right, that's it. Another chapter of Wonder Women done, and I will see you next Wednesday with these, and I will see you on Monday for a mini-sode. I believe I will be having another book in my collection that I've been reading to share with you. But until then, I'm your host, Adam Connor. Keep daring, and I'll see you later.